0: I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Hey guys, Marnie here. I wanted to put out a little warning at the beginning of this episode because some heavy topics are discussed that might be triggering for some. Jennifer and I discussed predator psychology this week, which included an in-depth discussion of grooming and some trauma-related information. I hope that you guys find this episode as fascinating and insightful as I did. Okay, so I'm Marnie Vinge and this is Irioki and I'm here today with Jennifer Gay, who is a friend of mine that is a self-defense expert, I would say. And so we're talking about um, crime rates right at the moment. Like, right before we got on the mic, we looked up um, Oklahoma City's crime like, index. And this kind of shocked me. Um,
1: I do a little. I mean...
0: Yeah. Like, I don't think of this as a dangerous place to be not or that anything. Dangerous. Yeah, not that dangerous. No. Like, okay, so on the crime index, I'm not sure exactly how they did this, but um, 100 is the safest. And our rating... What would you have guessed before I told you,
1: man, I, I would say like 4750.
0: Oh yeah. Like yeah. Right yeah, yeah, in the yeah, middle. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're a seven. A
1: seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nuts. It is nuts.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, that's like, there are 5,116 violent crimes every year. And uh, that's about like 7.95 per 1000 residents. Wow. Um, yeah, so 7.95 is Oklahoma City, and the national median is 4.56. Wow. Or The national median, I'm sorry, is 4, and Oklahoma's median for the whole state, I guess, is 4.56. So Oklahoma, on the whole, yeah. is not doing too bad, but Oklahoma City, man, that shocked me. Yeah, wow. Uh, In Oklahoma, the state, your chances of being a victim of violent crime are 1 in 219, which is... Mm-hmm. Mm, that's. I don't know how good those odds are. That's
1: not very good. That's not very good. No, <laughs> no. no,
0: no. Especially like for your whole life. Like yeah. that's kind of that's scary. And in Oklahoma City, it's one in 126. one twenty-six. One, wow. So yeah, that's. That's, that's pretty kinda, serious stuff. Yes. Yeah. That is. That is. I, really I, scary. I didn't know that. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Wow. Like I. Yeah. And I consider myself pretty. Like, I've done martial arts for a long time. Like, most of you know who, who know my story know that I come from a martial arts background and everything. And um, I can't believe I didn't know that. That's really... No, well, I
1: can't either. I can't yeah. believe I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I guess today we're going to talk a lot about what Jennifer does and predator psychology, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah, me too. And uh, Jen is the founder of Shijitsu. So go ahead and tell your background, like, what what kind of martial arts you do and how you got into it and all that.
1: Okay. Um, I've been training jujitsu for a little over 10 years now. So I started when I was 25. Um, Before that, I had no martial arts experience whatsoever. About um, two years into training, I started to reap the benefits of, you know, Jiu jitsu, and which are, I could go on and on for days mm-hmm. about that. But yeah. uh, that's kind of what sparked my interest to want to be uh, a jiu jitsu instructor or a self defense instructor um, was because I, I knew right away how important it was for women, you know, to learn how to fight on the ground mm-hmm. um, because most fights end up on the ground. And so I started uh, teaching about eight years ago, and um, I've been studying. I feel like I've been studying predators like my whole life. I feel because like it's
0: always, as, as a woman, I feel like yeah. you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And mm-hmm. so,
1: um, you know, I've always been kind of fascinated with, you know, uh, serial killers and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I, I also grew up in a very violent home. And so um, my dad was a narcissist, and an abuser, you know, and so uh, it was kind of educational for me to learn about those. Those right. things, you know, as I'm starting to like heal from those things, also. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, that's why I became a teacher, is because you know I wanted to share this stuff with other women, especially women, because it's helped me so much along my journey. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! And I also want to mention that Jennifer just recently became a black belt in jujitsu,
1: <laughs> and
0: that is like a huge accomplishment.
1: It's crazy. That is
0: so huge. Yeah,
1: I. I'm still, I think I'm still in shock. It's been about, it's been about a month. (laughs) Are you you, you experiencing like
0: imposter syndrome about it?
1: You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say it's imposter syndrome, but it's like, I don't nothing. I don't feel like anything has changed. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think like, oh, I'm a black belt now. Like all these things are going to be different, Mm -hmm. but it's really not like sometimes it's still, I mean, it's only been a month, but Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go to class and I'll put my belt on. I'm like, I'm a black belt. Like, I just like, (laughs) you know, like it's just, they still trying to register in my brain. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's still very, very new. That's,
0: that's kind of, this is not, I mean, I feel like the black belt thing is totally, totally different and way cooler, but that's how I felt when I graduated from college, like after a 10 year Stint of trying to do it, I would see that degree and I would be like, I feel the same. But
1: <laughs> did I do that? Did I do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So I can't even. I can't even imagine if it was um, a black belt. That is so cool. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: it's pretty mind blowing. Honestly, I mean, given it, the biggest thing is that I'm a woman. Like, there's yes. not very many female black belts out there. Like right now, we're just now seeing. We just had our first black belt in Oklahoma last year. So that's a big deal. Now we have four. So it's that like, is this, so like cool. this domino effect that's yeah. happening now because women are slowly starting to learn how important it is to learn self-defense. And so it's just, yes. you know, it's been a male-dominated sport for so long. And, you know, women have been taught, you know, don't fight back or it's not ladylike, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And so, but now, you know, there's, there's a movement and you're starting to see more and more women join the mats.
0: I um that was one of my when I first started going up to redline um that was one of my favorite things about the jiu jitsu program was that it teaches you how to fight on the ground mm-hmm. and a lot of like the self defense I had had in the past it was all focused on the attack prior to that point right and with jiu jitsu I feel like there's a lot of power like an empowerment that comes from knowing Hey, even if it gets to this point, I still have a fighting chance. Right. And that's really cool. Um, something you said made me think of this book that my mom read when I was a kid and I have not read this book, but I have been told time and time again that I need to, and it's called the gift of fear. Okay. Have you ever read that? No. Okay. So in that book, the guy, um, he's like a security expert and kind of like, I think he does, um, consultations for people on like how to make their companies safer or their, gotcha. yeah. so, their families or things like that. Um, And he's a self-defense expert. And he talks about how women, like there's a particular story in there about a woman getting on an elevator with a strange man Mm -hmm. because women are taught, you know, it's better to be uncomfortable than to make someone else, especially a man, feel uncomfortable. So it's better to be polite and say, I don't feel safe here, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. Yeah. And so he talks about like, one of the things he talks about is when you feel those bells go off, there's a reason that's happening and you absolutely need to listen to it and forget whether it makes anybody else feel bad. That's right.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's right. They're going off for a reason. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You should definitely listen to those bells because that is your intuition. Like it's mm-hmm. telling you something is not right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of women getting to elevators, um, there's a video on YouTube. This lady's being followed in the mall by oh. a man and she has, a gun in her car in the parking garage downstairs. And so she knows she's being followed. And so he follows her all the way through the mall and she gets into the elevator because she's thinking she'll be safer if she can get to her car and get to her gun. And we'll talk about all that stuff later. Yeah. But she gets into the um, elevator. The man gets in there with her and they're in, in the elevator alone. And he doesn't do anything. They're just standing there. They get down. He follows her straight to her car. As soon as she gets in the car, he starts to attack her, and she luckily got to her gun and shot him a few times. But she could have avoided that whole thing; yeah. she would have just, you know, told somebody or stayed in the mall or stayed and, in the mall and, and not gone into isolation because, yeah, you know, he was he was following her. That but gave me
0: chills. I know, oh my gosh, I know, that's... but it's
1: it's it's one of those things. It's like you you don't know what you don't know, and mm-hmm. and when you get scared. You know, you, you go to what you think is going to keep you safe, Yeah, but that's
0: not, you know, you just, Mm -hmm. you just never know. That's why I think that's one of the things like you, you had posted something on Facebook the other day, um, that really hit home to me about how having practiced and trained, you have all those things. It's like, they are second nature to you now. Mm -hmm. And so it makes you more comfortable in those situations. Like not to the point that you're complacent, but like you feel like I know what I need to do and I'm aware and that kind of stuff. So it's just, I just, I'm so passionate about self-defense. I yeah. think it's so important, especially for women.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to, I've had countless like encounters with men where it just approaching me, intruding on my boundaries and, you know, trying to get close to me and making me feel uncomfortable. And I was put into these situations where, like you were saying earlier, like we're, we're, we are, in, we're the inferior ones, mm-hmm. right? And it's really hard for a female uh, to stand up to someone mm-hmm. uh, that we feel is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so before I did jujitsu, I would, uh, you know, I would kind of ignore the behavior. So if you ignore the behavior or you don't say anything, you don't speak up because you're afraid to, then they'll just keep progressing yeah. forward. But now it's like I have a plan, you know, I I understand their behaviors, I understand their the phases that they're trying to follow, yes. the things that they're trying to do, yeah. and I can identify each one of those phases and and then uh address the survival strategies for each phase because there's um, like you were saying earlier, the martial arts you learned were um, uh, fighting standing up. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And, and that 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 is really important. You want to mm-hmm. learn how to fight standing up because you don't want the fight to go to the ground. You want to do whatever it takes to not go to the ground. But mm-hmm. in most cases, when you're dealing with a, a female and a male, the male is much bigger, mm-hmm. much stronger and much more violent. And so um, it is harder uh, to get away from someone. You know, yeah. When you're the weaker yes. uh, species. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Gosh. Um, When I was, when that, the Ted Bundy uh, movie came out, the one with Zac Efron where everybody's like, oh my God, he's so terrifying. And like yeah. he is, I've only seen the previews. I haven't actually watched it yet, uh-huh. but I thought of the program, the Shijitsu oh, yeah. program, because yeah. we talked about like the phases and like how predators are usually someone, you know, yeah. and it's very much like it's in your own backyard. It's not, it's not the boogeyman that you think looks like Uh is wearing a t-shirt that says I'm a serial killer (laughs) and I'm the one. So Uh watch out for me. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. They're,
1: they, everybody wants them to be obvious. They just want the predators to be obvious. But the sad truth is that, um, you know, we, the victim, uh, Always knows, not always. I won't say always, but the majority of the time knows their. Oh yeah, their attacker. Mm-hmm. Always. It's it's never. You know, you hear about the what we call stranger predators, mm-hmm. the the ones that we want to be obvious. You yeah. Know, the
0: like the guy with the van trying to yeah. get you to come see his puppies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that. Or the yeah. guy
1: in the clown suit. You know, yes. jumping out of the bush. You know that yeah. guy. Um, and there are those those mm-hmm. guys. There, there are those. Um, predators who will, you know, attack you in a dark alley or walking down the street and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Um, and we hear about those the most. Mm-hmm. And the reason we hear about those the most is because they are the most violent. And the media loves violence. Yes. Um, but it, when it comes to um, non-strangers, uh, which are the most common, uh, also the reason why most uh, sexual assaults and domestic violence go unreported is because Um, the victim knows the predator Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it uh, very hard. makes it very hard to get out of. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they follow, I mean, the violence is the same um, across the board, like, but it, they just follow different phases to get there. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's weird. I love talking about this stuff. Like, I know it's so it's fascinating, but it's also like empowering and, Mm-hmm. I think if you're a woman listening to this, it's especially empowering. I mean, yes. this can happen to men too. Like that's, Absolutely. it can definitely yeah. happen to men too. Um, but yeah, so, so anything like any, you want to talk about the phases or, yeah. okay. Yeah yeah. 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 So,
1: um, let's talk about, okay, we'll talk about strangers first. Okay. Um, because they're, they're pretty simplistic. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first phase that a stranger is going to follow a stranger predator uh, is going to be first, they have to identify an unsuspecting target. That's phase one. And that means they're looking for someone who's not paying attention. They're looking for someone who's walking down the street on their phone at night, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, with or, their earbuds in. Yeah, with their earbuds yeah. in, or running through the park yeah. uh, in, in, in dark with their earbuds in, mm-hmm. uh, not paying any attention to their surroundings. And the reason is because they want to catch you off guard that is that's their motive Mm -hmm. and so phase number one is identify an unsuspecting target phase two is subdue the target that means um they must make contact with you so they're going to grab you Uh, most common ways that uh women are subdued is uh being grabbed by the wrist being grabbed by the hair uh uh, choked around the neck like Mm -hmm. arms around the neck and pull them down or just tackling them straight to the ground And so that phase two, uh, you know, we're standing, like we were talking about earlier, and that's the phase that we want to do whatever it takes not to go to the ground, whatever kick, scream, you know, whatever we have to do, uh, use every tool in our toolbox to absolutely not go to the ground, create enough space so we can escape. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, that takes a lot of energy. And so we have to change our mindset once the goes to the ground. So phase three is once the the attack has gone to the ground. And so once the attacker is on the ground, phase three is the control and exhaustion phase. So they must control you and exhaust you until they can carry out their assault or whatever they have planned. Mm -hmm. Um, So they cannot they cannot um, assault you if you are uh, kicking and screaming and you know trying to gouge their eyes and stuff like that and they know that and so uh it's very common for them to just pin you down until you just fight for your life until you completely run out of energy because that's what happens I mean you think about it like I don't know if you've ever done like like a boxing class or something like Mm -hmm. that but when you're trying to hit somebody like you like for me I've got about 30 seconds of fury you know what I mean And I'm just like you know and I'm dying and so when you're being attacked, you have an adrenaline dump and all that, you know, and then, you know, you're, you're docile because mm-hmm. you're, you can't fight back anymore because yeah. this person is, they're stronger, they're more
0: violent. They physically exhausted you. You like, you have nothing left.
1: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so they know this, they know this. And so once, uh, phase three is over, then phase four, uh, is uh, sexual assault. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how, uh, that works with, women and, and just speaking in terms of mm-hmm. sexual assault. Right. Um, but so when we get to the ground, um, what I teach uh, in my programs is we learn how to remain calm, right? Because once you get to the ground, you can't fight for your life anymore because you're just, you're, you're giving the predator what they want. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we teach you to be calm in that situation because in jujitsu, one of the most powerful positions you can be in, in jujitsu, not the most powerful, mm-hmm. but one of the most powerful is uh, what we call the guard position. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're on the ground on your back with someone in between your legs mm-hmm. in the street for a woman. That's the most vulnerable place we can be in yeah. with a stranger, the most, the scariest place mm-hmm. to be in. But with, in jiu jitsu you're in a safe environment and you are, you know, you're learning with your friends and you're laughing, you're having a good mm-hmm. time. And so, what happens is you start to become comfortable with these, these uh, positions. And so when you're comfortable in positions like that, it really changes your confidence. It changes your mindset because you know that if you were ever to be attacked and you found yourself in that position, you are like, it's familiar. This is not new. I've been here before. Mm -hmm. And that's what will allow you to relax. Like, okay, I'm in the guard. You know what I do now, you know? And so, uh, that's just the strangers. Uh, Non-strangers are very, very different, and so the first phase that they follow is called uh, the intrusion phase. They're intruding on your boundaries, and this this can happen in so so many ways. oh yeah, like every case is so unique yeah. and different, but they intrude on your boundaries, and it's very subtle, like they might touch your leg or they might. Um, make sexual remarks towards might you. be like
0: a text message that's slightly inappropriate yes. just to see how you'll react
1: exactly yes mm-hmm. or yeah an a appropriate text message or a meme or something yes. like yeah, that just to
0: see yeah, yeah just
1: to see or um, making sexual gestures mm-hmm. or um, you know maybe poking you you know mm-hmm. I've had guys that would like me. yeah. Like, oh, so it's so it, that's so annoying. It's one of yeah. the most annoying things. You yes. you right in the ribs. Yes. Um. It could be just little, little tiny things where they're just kind of intruding. They're trying to mm-hmm. see how far they can go, and so, and and they introduce as time goes by. They introduce more and more intrusive behaviors. So mm-hmm. they they start uh, mild, and then they just kind of work their their way in. Oh yeah. And so once the intrusion phase is over. Uh, phase two is desensitization, so you're desensitized to these behaviors. Uh, I always talk about, I always name uh, the guy Bob because I don't, yeah. think, I don't know anybody named Bob, yeah. so if you know somebody named like Bob. It's, it's good as yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Apologies to anyone yeah, who yeah, yeah. named
0: Bob. Yeah, and
1: the reason I came up with Bob is because of the little Bob like guy, dummy guy that we have up at the yeah. gym Yeah, his name is Bob, so that's where I got it. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> uh. I think I, could, I can say this pretty confidently. I think we all know a Bob.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I think everybody knows someone that it... I had a friend when I did gymnastics as a kid. Her mom would always say um, to her daughter, she would say, watch out for people who give you the slime factor. Mm. And that's just like someone who something they do or say or just their the way about them just makes you feel slimy it makes you
1: feel icky yeah <laughs> and you're like yeah. and it's that
0: idea of like a bell going off that like something is not right here mm-hmm. and i think when you were talking about like the intrusion and then the desensitiz- desensitization i almost got that right um, <laughs> like it's like they do that first thing and then if your bells are not going off or you're ignoring them mm-hmm. They're like, I can push it a little bit further and further.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until
0: this is just normal.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to normalize their behavior. Yeah. And sadly, because they, they do it, like I said, so in such a subtle way that we don't really recognize it sometimes. Yeah. And so once we become desensitized, to their behavior. Oh, that's just Bob. Mm-hmm. That's just the way Bob is. Oh you know, how many
0: times have you heard that about I, someone I like know? Like, yeah.
1: oh he'll be you know he'll be gone soon. Like yeah. just kind of grin and bear it. And, yes. And it'll be over, mm-hmm. you know, soon. And so when we're in that desensitization phase, you know, a lot of times we don't we don't want to speak up. We don't want to mm-hmm. say anything because we're like, nothing is happening to us. Like we're right. not being attacked or anything mm-hmm. like that. We might be uncomfortable, but for women to stand up and say something to a man, like you know, hey, stop, like mm-hmm. please, just stop that, uh, is you're addressing a conf- a confrontation first mm-hmm. of all. Um, second of all, you don't want to be called names. You don't be like you know, stop being so uptight. Yeah. Like, you know what's wrong yeah. with you? Like I'm just playing around, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what that's kind of what they do. Um, Well, these predators that I'm speaking about, that's Mm -hmm. kind of uh, how they handle that when you kind of stand up and you say something about it. Like
0: they turn it around on you. They'll turn
1: around on you. What do you mean? Like, we're we're just friends. I'm just playing Mm -hmm. around. Stop being so uptight. You're like, oh, okay, maybe it's me. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they just continue to do what they do. Mm -hmm. And so you're desensitized. And then with a non-stranger, the next phase is isolation. That's it you know once they're ready to make their move all it takes is you know just being in isolation with them and that's that's where uh the conversational web comes in so where they kind of uh, spin you in this, this conversational web where they start to make you think that this is all your fault mm-hmm. um by saying things like um like I was just saying like what do you mean like why did you lead me on like that i put my arm around you you didn't say anything we were locking arms because in a predator's mind these things are sexual to them yeah there's something that might just be like no like no big deal to us Mm -hmm. is is a big deal to them right and so they'll use those little intrusive behaviors that they were doing against
0: you and so uh It reminds me of, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I was watching a thing on Netflix that was called, oh my gosh, I think it was, the title, it had Psychopath in the title, and it was interviews, it was a British documentary, and it was interviews with all these different people. I think they were mostly men who were on, um, in prison for some kind of really heinous crime, and one of the people was a um, child molester. Mm -hmm. And he talked about when he was a child his father would make him feel like this was love. Yeah. And so that makes me think of that, the web. Like, yes. making it look like this is normal and this is. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would really uh, like to talk maybe about, like, have you kept up with the uh, Harvey Weinstein and the R. Kelly situation? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah all we can that. totally, yeah, yes. we can get into that. Yes, because mm-hmm. this is, I mean, the stuff I'm talking about is just standard across the board. For oh, sexual yeah. assault, for domestic violence, for pedophiles, it's mm-hmm. It's all pretty much, they follow the same path. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you get into isolation, you know, that's when they start using things against you. And a, and a lot of times, um, I have actually have a friend that's experiencing this now, and she, she just told me about it last week. Um, but, uh, there's a guy at her work that, uh, keeps buying her gifts and, and, mm-hmm. and things and, sh- and yeah. then, you know, and, and, uh, he makes her uncomfortable yeah and, but, but, uh, he just showed up at her house one day, like she Whoa. didn't invite him or anything like that. And so, uh. Guys like that, when they are buying you things or, or get, you know, taking you out to dinner, they could be just trying to come off or, you know, we're best friends, you know, you're my best friend, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're cool like that, I just, I really care about you and, and blah, blah, blah. But they start showing up at your house uninvited, that's a big red flag. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to they're gonna use that against you. They're going to say, why did you accept that bracelet that I bought you?
0: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I mean? And they're going to use that yeah. against you. Yeah, but it's hard to tell sometimes because these predators are... They're charming. They've mm-hmm. been described as being brilliant. They're described as being intelligent. You yeah. know, they're not obvious. They're not. They're not the clown oh, yeah.
0: sitting out. <laughs> it's like everybody who talks about Ted Bundy being charming, and yeah. people were outraged about him being portrayed that way. But
1: yes, that he was. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's and and like the uh, like the Harvey Weinsteins. Yes. Um. Or is it Weinstein? I'm not, sure. I'm not know. sure. I'm not sure But and then uh, the R. Kelly situation mm-hmm. too. It's like, you know, these men are, that's just how they work. In the beginning, they're very charming. They're everything you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And then once you get into isolation, that's when everything starts to kind of unfold. The mask falls off. The mask falls off, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're dealing, most, most of the time, most predators are narcissists. And mm-hmm. so if you're dealing with a narcissist, then, you know, that's, that's kind of, they kind of they reel you in. And then they get you in isolation, and then they start breaking you down, like mm-hmm. mentally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And once you're broken down mentally, especially with somebody that you just fell in love with, mm-hmm. it's very hard to stand up against them. Oh, yeah. It's very hard to... Uh,
0: it's hard to even remember who you are as a person. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, because yeah. especially if the, uh, the predator is uh, in a place of power.
0: Uh, yeah, that that's what yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah. Like but, men like them.
1: Yeah, because yeah. then you're like, oh, these these men are
0: powerful, mm-hmm. they're
1: intelligent, they're smart, and they're rich, and and they're telling and me that I'm worthless. Yeah. And I believe that.
0: And especially like with Harvey Weinstein, um, because a lot of the women he preyed on, he was a like an not an expert. I'm what is the word I'm looking for? He was like a mogul in the movie industry. Yeah and that's what they wanted was to be in the movie industry, and so he's like standing between them and this dream they've had yeah. forever. And so, I mean, it it has all these layers. Like, you know, when I see Facebook comments where people oversimplify these situations, oh, I yeah. get so upset. Yeah, like it's just
1: it's so complex. Like, yeah. people don't even they just you can't you cannot simplify a situation like
0: that. You no, cannot.
1: It's no. not black and white.
0: No, it's not like he walked up to someone on the street one day and just immediately did these things that he's yeah. done. Like yeah. you would react very differently to someone walking up to you on the street and immediately trying to say or do these things. But like if they get themselves in your life and mm-hmm.
1: yeah. 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 That's how they slowly start to introduce these mm-hmm. little, um, things sometimes not so little, <laughs> you Yeah, know? exactly. even, yeah. even the, uh, the bill Cosby, um, yeah. so, some of, uh, some of his, uh, some of the survivors from that case, uh, Would speak about you know he was a father figure to me he was like a father to me and i would get advice from him and things Mm -hmm. like that and so they trusted him yeah and so they would you know go to his house or go to his hotel room and next thing you know Mm -hmm. you know they're you know passing out and things like that because they trusted this person they knew this person and Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that you have to watch out the most because they're gonna come get they're gonna come get to know you yeah that's the thing Yeah. yeah That's,
0: that's where it's so scary because like, I, I can remember, um, one time being out at a bar with a friend and this was like a stranger situation, um, where this guy came up and handed my friend, he either handed her a drink or he was like hovering by her drink Mm -hmm. and she turned her back on him and he grabbed it for a second and then like gave it back to her. And we were both very much like, obviously I'm not going to drink that, like get away yes. like weirdo. Like that's, yeah. just, that's so weird. Don't like, don't do that. But then you think about if you're out with someone that you think, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go get you a drink. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just be like, well, I know, I know that person. Like I trust them. Exactly. I'll, I, you know, and oh gosh, it's just so, yeah. I wish more people knew about the stuff that, you know, like, <laughs> I <it's>, do too. <laughs> it's, it, I'm do. i so like every, oh gosh, it's just, yeah. it's so good.
1: Yeah. And it's there. It it sucks because um, because they're so charming in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and that that's how like a lot of people like when you're talking about domestic violence. A lot of people, why didn't she just leave? Well, it's not it's not that easy. For one, Mm -hmm. Uh, she's terrified. Yeah. Um. In a lot of the cases where women try to leave, they get murdered. Yeah. And it's because the this uh, the abuser. The narcissist has so much control over her mentally. They have yep. broken them down mm-hmm. and made them feel completely worthless. Yeah. Um. You know. And sometimes they'll tell them, you know, if you leave me, I'll kill you. I'll kill mm-hmm. you and the kids. Yep. You know. It's just. It's not easy to to leave no. these people. But I. What I think is important is that for women, uh, that like we said earlier, this can't, this happens to men too. There are women mm-hmm. narcissists. There are women predators. Like mm-hmm. they are. I don't, they're not as common, but mm-hmm. they are definitely out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, when it comes to women, what we need to recognize is um, people's behaviors, right? And so if someone is doing something that is making us uncomfortable, mm-hmm. so I'm sitting on the couch with Bob and he's pretty close, right? And we're mm-hmm. looking at the, at the phone together. Yeah. And he just, uh, puts his hand on my leg. And I say, uh, "My job is to set a boundary. So mm-hmm. if that makes me uncomfortable, I have to set a boundary with him, right? So I'm I, what I don't want to do is just kind of like move his arm and say, like, stop. like, don't don't mm-hmm. do that, right? And And th- that is setting a boundary, but it, what it's what it's doing is it's giving him uh, ammunition to use against you. To say, hey, what's wrong with you? Are mm-hmm. you why are you acting like that? I just touch your leg. It's no big deal. Yeah. And so uh, what I teach in my programs, uh, how to set boundaries, is you have to state their behavior, how it makes you feel, and what you want done about it. So, Bob, when you touch my leg like that, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I would really like for you to scoot over a little bit. Right? So I told him what he's doing, how it makes me feel, and what I want done about it. Mm-hmm. And so if Bob is my friend and Bob is someone I can trust and I, am, I can be in isolation with, and I know that, he will say, oh, my gosh, Jen, I'm so sorry. I, I did not mean to make you uncomfortable. I just touched your leg. It was a total, complete accident. Yep. I, I will not do it again. Yeah. And he won't do it again. But if Bob has bad intentions, he's going to be like, what do you mean? Like, why are mm. you so uptight? You know, and he'll kind yeah. of you know make you feel bad for him, making you feel you know, mm-hmm. yes. uncomfortable. Oh, yeah.
0: It reminds me of, um, I remember in the program, you told us about one of the students being at a gas station. And one of the things that you talk about is like, when you tell someone to stop, it's a really good way to know whether they have bad intentions or not. And I remember that story of the guy running up to her and like wanting to tell her something at the gas station. And she said, stop. Yes. And the guy just stopped in his tracks because I'm sure he was like, Oh, he did. Yeah. He was probably like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is because I can't remember what he wanted to tell her, but, but it turned out to be completely innocent and yeah. it was safe, but mm-hmm. she made herself safe. Mm-hmm. She made it where she knew she was safe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There, uh, she was pumping gas and this, uh, guy started running towards her. Hey ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. And she goes, stop. And she put her hand out and he just literally stopped. Yeah. Like dead in his <laughs> yeah. and He And he was like oh, I'm sorry. He's like, I just was going to let you know I left a little money on that gas pump if you wanted to keep it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but he did. He stopped. right? You know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's really important. That was a boundary she set, she set for herself. And and that's the thing. Like, sometimes we're going to have to set these boundaries and it's not going to be a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I might be walking down the street and somebody starts to approach me and I'll, I'm not gonna, you know, for walking down the sidewalk, and you approach someone and say, "Stop," <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because and, and right. maybe I will, maybe I'm like, "Hey, stop!" If he gets too close, I, mm. I, I will. I was like, "Hey, stop!" Yo, yeah. whoa, you know, yeah. like, I don't let people get too close to you ever. Um, but you know, they might just want to know what time it is, but right. if you don't know that. You have to right. figure that out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and and you do that by setting a boundary and seeing if they respect it or not. Mm-hmm. If they don't respect your boundaries, they do not respect you at all. Yes. And that's what predators and narcissists do is they devalue people. And when they devalue you, there's, they're not, they are not going to show you love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're yeah. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. And I think it's, it's weird because once you've been in a relationship like that, or you've known a person like that. And when I say been in a relationship that can be any kind of relationship, like a parent, a sibling, a, mm-hmm. um, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife, um, and you get out of it and you heal from it, it becomes really apparent when you see it, especially oh, yeah. when you see it, like when you are outside of a situation looking in and you can see it, or you see someone trying to do that to you again. Yes. Um, it's just, oh gosh, it's, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart. Like when people don't know like what's going on like that, but
1: yeah. And then when it happens to you after, like when you're healing it, just, it reopens those wounds Oh yeah, like all over. Yeah. Again. yeah like it's, it's, like narcissist abuse is um it's very serious. Like oh, it, yeah. it can it can mess you up for oh, for years. Yes. It takes years to unravel all of mm-hmm. those things that they absolutely did to your mind. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to bring up was um jujitsu to me, I remember when I very first started. Um and I do have trauma in my past mm-hmm. and I remember getting on the ground. And a guy getting between my legs Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking oh my god I'm gonna have a panic attack yeah and I can also remember getting to the point where that no longer happened Mm -hmm. and it became very it was also um it's just I feel like it's a really good thing if you have issues like that yes it's such a healing kind of you know and it can be panic attack inducing at first like it can be very triggering yes yeah
1: yeah yeah, and that's that's pretty normal uh, for women with uh, that that have been through traumatic events. That's mm. that's so normal. I I'm also a trauma survivor, and so uh, that happened to me. But I've been teaching women now for about eight years, and I see it happen mm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, I just had a I just did a twelve week program, and uh, one of my students was a survivor of domestic violence. And and it's been years, you know, since then. And and this that just goes to show you the lingering effects oh, yeah. of of yeah. you know uh, of domestic violence. But yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, she had a few panic attacks, right? And um, I'm thankfully because of what I went through, I'm very trauma informed, mm-hmm. uh, and I've you know I've been through the healing process and, and yeah. things like that. I've also had panic attacks on the mat too, mm-hmm. so. I'm able to uh, kind of help them through it. But as the program went on, um, you know, I just explained to her, you know, I, and it was okay. I mean, at any time, anybody can get up and just walk out of my class. Yeah, and they, yeah. know yes. they know that. They know that. and But I also, disclaimer, like, you know, it's very possible you're going to have mm-hmm. flashbacks or a panic attack. Yes. Anything, you know, and she said that, you know, her her throat started to close up. Like she started to not be able to breathe. That's mm-hmm. how much it can affect you. But... Uh, as time went on she had this huge breakthrough like huge Mm -hmm. like it's so beautiful that's one of my the my favorite parts of teaching women uh especially uh trauma survivors Mm -hmm. is that i get to see this like switch go off i saw it in you yeah i saw it in you and uh you know it's it's beautiful and you wouldn't Mm -hmm. think that something so scary as like uh Male-dominated martial arts mm, yeah. <laughs> would do that for yeah. you, but it, but it really does. It it it's it's not fun going back to that place, right? But what happens? What happens is sometimes we tend to take those uh, images and that trauma and we stuff it really, really deep yep. inside. Mm-hmm. And so when we do jujitsu and we're being put into these Positions, it brings mm-hmm. it right up to the surface. Yeah. Right. But, um, the great thing about training jujitsu is you keep, it keeps coming to the surface and you keep addressing it and it keeps, but it gets mm-hmm. easier yep. and easier and easier and easier. Uh, I'm 10 years in now, you know, when I very first started jujitsu, it didn't affect me. I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden one day yep. some, something changed, something snapped. And, uh, I started having these horrible panic attacks. I didn't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. Um and it was it was bad. I started having like horrible horrible nightmares and things like that and uh you know, I I had to I had to dig real deep. <laughs> you yeah. know, I had, oh, yeah. I had to do a lot of, you know, yeah. uh, uh, healing mm-hmm. in order to kind of bring myself back on track um mm-hmm. through, you know, mindfulness practice and and therapy and things like that. But uh, it did happen, but ten years down the road, uh, I still, I still have flashbacks. Oh yeah, you know, I still, yeah. I. But the thing about it is, now when I have a flashback or I'm triggered by something, I'm just kind of like, huh, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, that's a flashback. Yeah, you know, it doesn't like. It it doesn't uh, affect me physically anymore.
0: Right. It, it's just right. kind of like
1: oh there it is, and I just mm-hmm. kind of let the thought come in and let the thought go out because you yeah. can't you can't stop those. Thoughts. No, you like, can't. You just can't. Um, but yeah, that's the beautiful thing about jujitsu is it, it with anything. The, mm-hmm. the more and more you do it, the easier and easier it gets. So yeah. It's just like the more and more you face your fears, um, you know, the easier. easier
0: yeah. They get. Oh yeah. So, yeah, and something you were saying made me think of something that my therapist told me when um, I was working through that trauma, like really hardcore, week in week out. Yeah, like every appointment was brutal. Yeah, and one of the things she told me was you were doing that
1: while you were going to do yes. too,
0: right? Yes, I was. That was that <laughs> yeah. was an intense time I in bet. my life. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So one of the things she told me, and I thought this was so fascinating, um, is that when you go through trauma it's like it leaves a fingerprint on your brain and every piece of data that you can collect in the moment that that trauma is going on is emblazoned on your brain. Like the barometric pressure is part of that. Yeah. So like if you have been through trauma and weather makes you feel weird, Mm -hmm. that's a real thing. Like that's, And that was just so fascinating to me because the winter has always been really hard for me. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that it was part of like seasonal depression. And I think there's a little bit of that, but I think it has more to do with what I went through. And
1: that time of year.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Your brain remembers. That's the thing that um, like with, with people that have PTSD, your they've done brain scans on, mm-hmm. on people that have PTSD and they'll put them, you know, in, in the scanner, in the CAT scan, and um, they will have them talk about their trauma, basically relive their trauma. Mm-hmm. And the same parts of the brain are lighting up as if it were actually happening. Oh, so if yeah. it, the brain is reacting the way that it would in the scan as if it were actually happening to them. And mm-hmm. so that's, what I think a lot of people don't understand about PTSD is what the triggers are actually doing to the brain. Yeah. Because it's not like, I, I hear people kind of toss around PTSD a lot. like, yeah. Oh, this cat jumped on me one time and I'm I PTSD. From <laughs> yeah. it, you know, yes, yeah. like I've heard people yes. say like, you know, like I don't think you understand like how it actually right. works because yeah. when you're being triggered by something like in jujitsu, for instance, mm-hmm. and, and us, you know, being put in these positions, we're being triggered. Our brain is telling us that we're experiencing our trauma all over again. Yeah. It's not a thought. No, it's happening. It's a physical feeling and and Mm -hmm. everything in our body is reacting as though we're reliving everything.
0: One of my favorite quotes I've ever seen about um, trauma is the anxiety that comes from PTSD is not about what might happen. It's about what did happen. Yeah. And I think that that that's something that's very hard to communicate to people who have not experienced trauma. You're like, I am anxious and it's because this has already happened to me. Like this, this is, you know, and it, um, one of the stories that I wanted to tell about the bell going off and to relate it back to trauma. One of the things that happens when you experience trauma is your gut gets messed up. Like you, your gut instinct betrays you. Like a lot of times that's why people who've been in traumatic situations will put themselves in more dangerous situations. They don't sense the danger anymore. And, um, And then also the opposite can happen where you are so sensitive that you see danger everywhere. Yes. And I was going to UCO and I was in class one day and this girl, it it was raining outside and this girl just, I didn't really know these people in this class very well. It was the first part of the semester. And she said, Hey Marnie, you drive a car. You'll give this guy a ride back to his apartment. Won't you? And I remember like, it was like time stood still and I just nodded uh-huh. and after class was over, I went to the bathroom and I just wept. Yeah. Like I was so, and my friend Margaret who's actually been on this podcast um, came in the bathroom. She was like, what is going on? Like, what do you need me to do? And I told her and she went out there and told that guy, like, you're gonna have to walk buddy. Sorry. <laughs> and like, and he was just so mad and like, he did not understand at all. And I, I mean like, she didn't explain to him in any way, but... she didn't have to. No, she didn't have to. Yeah. And I remember there was a girl with us who thought I was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and you can't, you know, when you get that part of your brain screwed up, it takes a lot of work to get that gut instinct back. And once yeah. you get it, you realize how precious it is. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, you'll you'll get, like, little glimpses here and there. And then, you know, but it, it the thing about, like... Because you were having like a flashback. That Mm -hmm. was a flashback. And what people don't understand is like sometimes flashbacks can be worse than the actual trauma. Yeah. Because uh, the actual trauma has a beginning, it has an end. Mm -hmm. But when you have flashbacks, you don't know when they're going to occur. They Mm -hmm. could occur and you'd be driving down the road. Yeah. You could be in class. You could be, you know, Thanksgiving dinner and there's a a flashback. And so they just kind of like come up whenever Mm -hmm. they want. Yeah. And and then you're just re- reliving it over and over again. Mm-hmm. I don't think that especially people that have not um suffered through trauma, they they have no idea. They a lot of people will I I know you've heard this and it probably infuriates you because it does me. But yeah. you know like don't play the victim or you know just get over it. Like oh, you're strong, yeah. just get over yeah. it. And it's like, no, you don't understand what I'm living
0: through. Right. This is
1: like in, in especially when you when it's happening, like the beginning stages, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. It's oh, a it is. living yeah. nightmare. Like, yeah. you You know, I, I used to be able to, afraid to go to sleep. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to go to sleep because I was having... I would sleep, only cool. sleep
0: um, in the daytime. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, it's like, it, it is a brain injury. That's what a lot of people just mm-hmm. don't understand. But, um, you know, the whole thing, will, you know, don't play the victim, don't be the victim. And it's like, you know, you can't expect someone who was brutally beaten or sexually assaulted to wake up the next day and not feel like a victim. Yeah. Like, you can't... Oh, yeah. You can't put that on people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know... And and there's so much uh, emphasis put on the victims and what they're doing and how they're reacting. What about Mm -hmm. these predators? What about these guys? Yeah. You know what I mean? What about the guys that are doing this to the women? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It is very frustrating. I'm so glad, though, that, like, this conversation is coming up more and more. And, like, I feel like things like self-defense are so vital, especially for people who are vulnerable to needing that. Yes. Like it's so, it's just such a great thing that you're doing. And like, I cannot recommend Redline highly enough. <laughs> like I think the world of you guys oh, and it's you. just, I don't know, but yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we see, we see a lot of change in people when they come up there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, after about a year of training, they're a completely different person. Yeah. Like you can just, I mean, it, it really does help mentally, uh, when you have a plan. Like, mm-hmm. that's the whole, you know, when you don't have a plan, you just don't know what to do, you know. But that doesn't mean that anyone's to blame if something R- happens. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's, that's just the thing. I mean, I had, I had before jujitsu or before I had a plan, like I said, I would let, you know, guys would come up to my car when I was, you mm-hmm. know, getting gas or whatever, and they'd mm-hmm. be, like, real close to me, or they'd come up to my window if my window was down. Like, crazy mm-hmm. stuff. I'm oh, just yeah. like, what are you guys doing? yeah. You know, I uh, I posted about it on um, Facebook, but about uh, that guy coming up to my port mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, you know, that wasn't like that scary uh, just because, well, it's, Ty was home. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, and I see this guy around and he's older, you know, he's not mm-hmm. like in the greatest like physical condition, you know. And mm-hmm. so, but uh, still, I, I think 10 years ago, I would have been nervous. I would have been really scared. But, yeah. you know, this man... Had, uh, I've seen him before just like waving at, he waves, I wave mm-hmm. back, you know? Yeah. Um, he, I was outside with my dog and he walks by and then he starts to talk to me and he, he is talking to me like he knew me, but I've only talked to him once before that. And when I talked to him mm-hmm. once before that, it was a lot of the things he said just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so he was like, Oh, do you still go to church? And like we talked about this right. before, and I was like, oh, I haven't been in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, so I thought that was kind of strange. And so then yeah. he w- starts walking up to my porch. And so, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, when men are, are trying to approach you as a woman, you want to back away. Like you want to keep at least two arm lengths mm-hmm. away from that person. Because if you were two arm lengths away, so if you held your hands out in front of you and you're two arm lengths away from a person, they can't grab you. They can't mm-hmm. grab your hair. They can't choke you. You know, they can't uh, subdue you. Yeah. And so you always want to keep a, se- a safe distance with somebody who's approaching you. And so, mm-hmm. and I was right by my door. I just easily run and get back in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't yeah. like that scary of a situation, but like 10 years ago, you know, I probably would have been like, it would have been different for me. Oh, yeah. I would have been a lot nervous, but... Uh you know and I've been training for 10 years. I'm i black belt, but I tell you what, if I can run away, I'm going to run away. Yeah. I'm not going to try to fight you. I'm not going to try to use my jujitsu mm-hmm. on you. I want to I want to leave the situation.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's why what is so cool about the program that you teach is like a lot of it is the psychological defense. Like yeah. it's the psychological self-defense that keeps you safe before you ever have to use the physical stuff. Yes. And that to me is invaluable yeah like just knowing those things like things you can say or things you can do or like the triangle like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff oh yeah just i mean you remember yes i remember (laughs) i remember the triangle do you want to talk about that that is that is such a it's a great tool it will keep you safe
1: it does yeah yeah Yeah, and and you're you're absolutely right because when it comes to women's self-defense our our first line of defense is awareness we've Mm got to be aware of our situations of our surroundings um, at all times, sadly, that's just the world we live in. I mean, we yeah. were just talking. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma City is one of the most dangerous <laughs> <laughs> cities in, in, yeah. the, in the country. so yeah. um,
0: More dangerous than Chicago, which surprised that's me. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but so the triangle that she's talking about is called the triangle of victimization. So a triangle has three points, mm-hmm. and a sexual assault has three components. Uh, the predator, the opportunity and the target, right? So mm-hmm. those three. If one of those components are missing, then there's no, there's no assault, there's no attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I'm uh, in target, right, and I'm just, you know, picking fruits or whatever next to a predator, I only have two components. I have the target and I have the predator, but I don't have the opportunity. He's not going to attack me right there in the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, does, that has happened before, yeah. um, but it's, it's not the most common And Uh, you're
0: a lot more likely to get help if you're attacked in a store that is open, like.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, Someone will
0: see that happening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, And
1: that's why they're less likely to attack you in a store Mm -hmm. is because they know that uh, they're more than likely going to be caught. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So your triangle is complete when you walk into the parking lot. So Mm -hmm. once you walk into the parking lot, you've got the target, you've got the predator, and now you have the opportunity. So we don't need to walk around scared everywhere Mm. we go. We just need to be aware of that triangle. So when our triangle is complete, I need to put my phone down. I need to take my earbuds out, Mm -hmm. and I need to pay attention to what is around me. Yeah, it's 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 fairly simple, Mm -hmm. right? Just just that. And and women have heard this for years: be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your surroundings. And but I don't think it it registers in the right way because Mm -hmm. we kind of we get. We go on autopilot all the time. Oh yeah, we're just yeah. constantly on autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have the triangle victimization tool, then it just you start practicing it's like, oh, my, you know, and turn my triangle on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah I to turn my triangle exactly. on now, like right now. Yeah. Not all the time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be all the time, but when, when we're, uh, you know, in isolation with someone, we're in the parking lot or walking down a. A street, or even when we're out running. Mm-hmm. If you're out running, I'm not saying women should go out running by themselves. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have your earbuds in, whatever. But just make sure that you yeah. are very aware of your surroundings. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, that's just kind of a tool that you can take with you uh, to use because you know I I don't think we should walk around scared. You know, mm-hmm. and and I did for a really long time. I walked mm-hmm. around just terrified. Yeah. Um. Especially after trauma. Oh, you yeah. know, you think that everyone's a predator. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know. Do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you become this little like wounded animal. And, yeah. and you know, and I, I I think that um, you know, women should just really think about uh, you know, who they're coming in contact with, who they're letting in their lives, who they're letting mm-hmm. around their children, and really, you know, ask yourself questions. You know, is this person uh is dangerous? Are they reliable? Yeah. Can I trust them with my kids? Should mm. I let him stay the night? Should I stay the night at his house? Like, you know, and you, you will learn someone's intentions immediately when, oh, you, yeah. when you set a boundary. Mm-hmm. You're going to know right then and there. Yep. And, and that, that's when you need to exit. Yep. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> exit the oh, door. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter how charming or powerful or, mm-hmm. or uh, intelligent they are. Like if yeah. they do not respect you, they don't respect your boundaries. And you gotta
0: That is the slime factor. Yeah, that's right? no, the slime factor right <laughs> yeah. there. Exactly. Yes. You gotta keep your distance. Yes, yes for sure. Oh my yep. gosh. Yep. Well, I have I think that's about it. Like I think yeah. we're about ready to wrap up. Okay. Yep. Um, but thank you so much for You're being welcome. here. This, this was, was amazing. Awesome. And I would love to have you back to talk about something else. And I would
1: love that. Yes. Yeah. So is there
0: anything you'd like to plug or talk about redline? Like if someone wants to come and uh
1: yeah, sure. Uh Redline Jiu Jitsu. Uh, The Redline Jiu-Jitsu Academy is in Edmond, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. You can visit our website. It's Redline BJJ, which is uh, short for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, redlinebjj.com. You can come in to any of our basics classes, and you get two weeks for free. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you can uh, follow my Shijitsu page on Instagram. It's just Shijitsu, and I have a lot of, information that I pump out there and, mm-hmm. some, you know, empowering. Yeah. It's a great page. I, follow it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can contact me through Shijitsu if you ever have any questions about women's self-defense. I also do private lessons and things like that, too.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Um, well, I don't think I have any announcements. Just um, follow, follow us on Instagram at Irioki and Facebook is the same. There's also a Facebook group, um, but that's about it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay spooky. I have one more announcement for you guys that I didn't get to on the podcast because this has come up in the week since that was recorded. Um, I launched the Erioki Press Instagram account, and it's at Irioki Press. That's a place that you can follow my writing stuff. And most of you know that I'm a novelist and that I am getting ready to publish my first novel within the next year. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I've got some fun things in the works that might be right up you guys' alleys. Um, Don't know if that was a grammatically correct sentence, but that's okay. Um, I've got short thriller novellas coming and some short horror stories. And also a young adult horror slash urban fantasy series that is actually set in Oklahoma and deals with some of the urban legends that are talked about on the podcast. So that's pretty fun. And anyway, the reason I'm making this announcement is because I need your help. I am currently in the process of building what is called a street team. And um, I was not familiar with this really until I got into the indie publishing world. And what a street team is, is a group of people who really like your work and who want to help you promote that work. And there are benefits to being on the street team. You actually get um, advanced copies of the books sometimes you're asked to be a beta reader, and what a beta reader does is reads your work before it's published and makes suggestions on ways that it could be better, or just gives general feedback in some form or another. Um, It's kind of a really fun way to be involved with authors that you really like. Um, And ARC reviewers, which is an advanced reader's copy, um, ARC reviewers get a copy of the finished product before it is available to market, and they leave a review on Amazon or Goodreads to help that author out. So those are a couple of the things that I'm looking for with the street team, and I'm going to make some really fun rewards for the people that do join it. Um, I'm still working on that, and I think that that's about it um this is a great way to support the podcast and also to help out a new indie author um you guys are amazing and i can't believe the support that you've given me so far and continue to give you're awesome um and i think that that's it so i'm excited to see where it goes stay spooky